Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Guys in the Mouth. Josh here with my co-host Hunter. Hey, how's it going? And no George, uh, because George had better things to do. <laughs> no, uh, George is actually <laughs> at work, but we're talking about the huge news that came out today on Tuesday, October 20th, 2020, where the governor of California released the theme park reopening guidelines. So here we go. All right, so like I just said, we're going to talk about the new theme park guidelines that came out. And basically, if you've been following this from the beginning, like I have, and I know my family is already annoyed because I've been texting them so much about every rumor, every concept, we finally got the theme park terms, and they were exactly as bad as we thought they were going to be. So one of the problems is a couple weeks ago, Bob Iger suddenly left uh, corona, the COVID-19 task force in California, and it was in protest to the standards that they were going to be providing. And this was bad because we had already heard that it was Friday a couple weeks ago that the governor was going to give the terms. And then suddenly Bob Iger leaves the task force, and then we get word that it's because the terms are not good. And they're especially, you know, basically that the park will not open anytime soon. Then he pushed it off. He did a little back and forth in the media with Disney where he was like, oh, you know, uh, people's lives are more important than business, which I'm going to tell you right now. I know I sound like I'm trying to stump that off. He is right. You know, wherever you sit politically, I think ultimately none of us are going to say that lives are worth less than business. But I also think that there's a term to that where we can be like an understandability. Anyway, so there was a little back and forth between the governor and Disney where he was like, oh, we're, we're going to listen to science, not to uh, business. And the reason why I also bring this up, uh, because in non-political terms, you can go as easy as in Florida, a state that famously doesn't care anything about standards. Disney has very high standards at their park, and they don't have any COVID cases being traced back to Disney World. And they've been really responsible, even with their governor, DeSantis, trying to be like, you guys can open and just have no standards anymore. And they were like, yeah, we're going to keep the standards that we have. We don't care what you think, bro. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so here are the terms. He basically put out that uh, the theme parks in California may reopen in only the yellow phase, which yellow phase, if uh, you're not familiar with their phasing, is the last phase before basically coronavirus is gone, which means that he basically said, yo, you're not opening anytime this year and maybe not until mid next year. Uh, so just so you know, the way that they do there, so purple phase is the top phase, which most of the state is currently in. It's called widespread. It's purple phase. Then there's substantial, which is the red phase, which that's where I have to say Disneyland already has an advantage on everyone else because red phase is the phase that Orange County, the county that Disneyland is in, is currently in. And they're one of the only counties in California in that phase or that tier. So they're already at an advantage. Uh, next would be Orange, which um, on top of that, I know Hunter knows this because we talked about this when I was giving them like the rumors. But that was one of the rumors was that the phase that they were going to be allowed to reopen would be Orange, which everyone thought and ev because, like, Orange, it's believed that they're going to hit that in, like, November. That's why we were all surprised when it came out, uh, basically, a couple weeks ago that that was not what was going to happen. And it was going to be Yellow Phase, which, of course, Yellow Phase is under Orange. 
But yellow phase is where less than 1% uh, is, uh, or yeah, less than 2% of the population is getting positive tests anymore. And it's just like, that is a huge difference between where they're at right now. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know, right? Now, <laughs> while, like I said, Disneyland is at an, an honest, uh, they're honestly in an advantage because they're already ahead of everyone else when it comes to that. The thing is, is that still these terms are way more ridiculous than what they were hoping. And on top of that, the uh, COVID task force also released because they knew that this was going to come. So they released a little thing about why theme parks are a higher risk setting than outdoor stadiums. Uh, So the higher risk setting, it's a random large scale mixing, tens of thousands of visitors from broad geographic bases, visiting for a number of days, promotes mixing and congregating, many frequently touched surfaces, significant impact on surrounding sectors. Now, they're kind of right on that stuff, and then they're kind of wrong, um, because like I said already, the biggest uh, difference we are, not difference, the biggest evidence we can use in their favor is Florida, where you've got, um, and you know, this isn't just Disney World, even Universal Orlando, They've done such a great job at how they're handling it that it's like, how do you like feel like you can say like, oh, they're, you know, their terms are too light over there because it's like the theme parks have a very strict guideline that they hold themselves to, even in a state that would be fine with them doing nothing. Like I said, uh, I believe it was last week, Governor DeSantis said that he was removing all restrictions in the state for theme parks and for sporting events. And literally everybody basically just said, nah, dude, you're crazy. Disney, I think, was first to say that they were not going to change their terms. Universal followed suit. And then, oddly enough, the Miami Dolphins, uh, their uh, Hard Rock Stadium, they were like, we're not going to be lifting any of our restrictions. And uh, then, of course, Tampa Bay. And I'm just, I was just laughing because I'm like, yo, everybody in the state is like, you need to be a little more responsible, man. Yeah, they're like, they're like calm down there, dude. Now, um, I did want to bring up, because I thought it was actually a kind of interesting guideline that they gave. So one of the things with the theme park is that they basically said all big theme parks, which is obviously Disney, Universal, they would not be allowed to reopen until Tier 4. And they're going to be limited to a capacity of 25%. They'll have to implement a reservation system. Screen guests when they come in, which they already do. Uh, Any of us that have been to downtown Disney know that. And face coverings are mandatory, which also, they are very strict about that. I can tell you, there's like the part of me that's a dad that wants to defend my son, who is three, because we were there a couple weeks ago, and I gave him a bag of candy, you know, the gummies, and he took off his mask and he started eating them. And the cast members kept coming up to me like he needs to put on the mask every time when he's not actively uh, putting gummies in his mouth. And I'm just like, he's three. Like, calm down. (laughs) But then at the same time, I'm like, they're right. Those are their guidelines. I need to respect their guidelines. But I get it. (laughs) Yeah, I ended up just taking the gummies and being like, I'll just moderate this. You ask me for the gummies and I'll hand them to you. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the reason why I wanted to bring up these terms is because they also said that smaller theme parks can reopen in uh, Tier 3, which is the moderate or orange phase. And this is where I wanted to bring this up because 
this is where I'm like, I don't know how, uh, you know, if they allowed Disney to open, how that would be a, um, as a reaction. Because their terms for reopening an orange phase is limited capacity of 25% or 500, whichever is fewer, which is insane. Obviously, Disney could not operate like that. I mean, it'd be nice if there was only you and 499 <laughs> other people inside the park. But they also said you can only have outdoor attractions open and ticket sales are only limited to people in the same county. And that's the line where I was like, oh, oh. that was the issue with reopening an orange face is that they were pulling um, anyone that's been familiar with how this is being handled uh, should know that in Tokyo uh, Disneyland, that's how they're running it there, where you can only visit Tokyo Disneyland if you live in that area. And that's where, like, I know I follow, like, TDR Explorer, and he was complaining about that because, like, he can't, uh, he couldn't go there for a little while because of that restriction. And that's where I was like, oh, that would be a huge difference to there because, obviously, a few of us would have to buy a house out there so that we could visit the park. Right. <laughs> but, um, so, I also wanted to bring up, so here is the mayor of Anaheim. And um, it's kind of funny because off mic, I've talked a lot about this guy because he, a little while ago, pretty famously gave really generous terms to uh, the owner of the uh, or Anaheim Angels, Los Angeles Angels, my team, uh, you know, so that they could buy the stadium ground and everything around it so they could build like a basically a shopping district uh, around there. And he gave them like a super deal on it, which was insane because at the same time, he was also killing the plan for the new downtown Disney that Disney was planning because he didn't like the things that they wanted, uh, like the bridge and stuff. And he killed that deal. And this guy has been pretty open about he's kind of against um, Disney when it comes to these terms. That's why I found it odd that as soon as these were released, you know, and I, like I said, they all already knew what the terms were going to be. So he issued a statement saying, these guidelines fail working families and small businesses. As painful as this is, probably because he hates Disney, Disney and the city of Anaheim will, sur uh, will survive. But too many Anaheim hotels, stores, and restaurants will not survive another year like this. Many are family businesses. The jobs they provide support other families. We can safely and responsibly open our theme parks and convention centers soon. The unions of Disneyland Resort agree and support the reopening of the theme parks in Tier 3, not Tier 4, which would wipe out jobs in our city and destroy lives. Mayor uh, of Anaheim, Harry Sidhu. So, like I said, uh, uh, you know, I kind of punched it up, but the thing is, is that he's pretty much an opponent of Disney anyway. He kind of ran on that, too, that he was going to uh, basically stop, like, how Disney was kind of, um, and, you know, we've got to talk about this some other time, but Disney, for a while, like, especially the 90s, really ran like Anaheim like they made every decision out there so um you know he's kind of openly against them but he has to agree too it's just like they're our main source of income and we need them open if we're gonna like survive out here so on top of that uh you've also got this is the California Attractions and Parks Association they said today to say today's announcement on theme parks is disappointing would be a grave understatement. The governor has not used science or data to inform his decision. These uh, theme parks have opened and operated safely around the world for months. 
Data and science prove that theme parks can operate responsibly anywhere. There's no rational reason to believe they can't do so in California. No one cares more about park employee and guest safety than the parks themselves. Let me be unequivocal. The guidance issued by the Newsom administration will keep theme parks shuttered for the foreseeable future. By forcing amusement parks to stay closed until their home county reaches Tier 4, the governor has, sh- has issued a keep theme parks closed indefinitely plan, which will devastate California's major theme park industry. No truer words, I think, can really be said. Uh, right there. I mean, he said it all. They they need them open. That's a huge source of income into a lot of these cities, a lot of local business, a lot of hotels. And these terms are a little too insane. But on top of that, you've got, and I've said it, I, you know, like I said, I don't want to get political and I don't want to stand against the governor of California because I get that he's trying to be protect his citizens. But it's like, the theme parks are open all around the world, including China. And it's like, why are the terms here way more insane? It's awful, too, because the only thing I can think about, other than my super, super, super biased view, where I'm like, I just want to go back to Disney. But I really do feel for the cast members and all these poor people out there who, you know, who are either furloughed or just straight up have been told that they don't have a job now. And it just, it, it sucks to think about. No, you're definitely right. Um, And I didn't even bring up that basically last week um, Disney announced they were like, because of these terms, they're going to have to uh, furlough or uh, lay off 28,000 cast members across uh, Disney World and Disneyland. And of course, like there was a certain amount of that that um, I would say secretly they knew was going to happen because obviously tourism is down. But the whole point of it was that Disneyland still being closed, that that number was way higher than it was supposed to be. And on top of that, they're closing things that, like, originally they weren't planning to close. Like, we got word a couple days ago that they had informed the actors of Frozen Live at Hyperion Theater in DCA and Mickey and the Magical Map that those shows have been canceled and now they're out of a job. And it's like, that is a huge thing. And that's one of the things, too, is they're starting to fire the... uh, um, the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge cast members at Disneyland because they don't have the same seniority standards uh, for those cast members as regular cast members. So they were like, oh, well, here's a loophole because they've made all these deals with these unions. So they started letting those people go. And it's just like, dude, this is hitting everybody across the board. And to me, like, uh, of course, um, I kind of said it earlier, but I'm like, you have to, like, uh, basically cut those, like, across each other, right? Um or you have to uh, weigh them out, where it's like, protect people, but also keep businesses open. And um, I'm just going to read uh, really quick the statement from the president of Disneyland, Kevin Potrock. Potrock? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he openly not saying I don't know, uh, or I don't know how his name is pronounced. Uh, we have proven that we can responsibly reopen with science-based health and safety protocols strictly enforced at our theme park properties around the world. Nevertheless, the state of California continues to ignore this fact, instead mandating arbitrary guidelines that it knows are unworkable and that hold us to a standard vastly different from other reopened businesses and state-operated facilities. Together with our labor unions, we want to get people back to work, but these state guidelines will keep us shuttered for the foreseeable future, forcing thousands more people out of work, leading to the inevitable closure of small family-owned businesses and irreparably 
devastating the Anaheim, Southern California community. So on that, what I wanted to talk about is what he just said, um, where he says that their standards are vastly different. So the reason why this is an issue is that, let me give you a, for instance, we're from, um, anyone that listens knows we're Vegas locals. Um, I hate to say this because people hate our governor and people are dumb, but I think the state of Nevada did basically the in-between on what California and Florida did. Our governor took it upon himself to be like, we need to try to keep people as safe as possible. So, you know, kind of the California route. But then he also was like, well, we also need to have the economy open. And that's where, like for me, our casinos reopen, even though that's obviously the scariest and uh, most noticeable place that we would have spread coming from. So then we got safety standards that we have to uh, adhere to while we're inside the casinos. Things like wearing masks at all times, blah, blah, blah. And honestly, I'm like, he did like the best job of doing an in-between of like what the uh, extremes were. I know a lot of people are mad because they're, honestly, they're just dumb. But the thing is, is that in Nevada, we basically went in the middle. We were like, open some, open the big businesses we desperately need for the economy, but also let's try to be as safe as we can. Uh, And that's kind of where I'm like, with Disneyland in specific, Uh, I know I said this to Hunter off mic, but one of the weird things is that in California, with them being in the red phase, they can do in-person school attendance for public schools, which is weird because out here in Nevada, we still are not allowed to have kids go to school because we're trying to keep kids safe. And that's where I was just like, why are the standards for their school way different than they are out here? And on top of that, read this article from Mike's chat where they talked to a lawyer about what Disney's political or uh, political, what their uh, legal um, attack could be. And basically this guy pointed out and this guy, um, I don't know it off the top of my head, but he basically helped fight to reopen vineyards, uh, vineyard tours in California successfully because he said what you have to do is he's like, you take the terms that they're giving and you basically um, fight them against themselves. So what he said, what he did with the uh, vineyards is he hit them on the fact that they had different industries that were already allowed to reopen. And he pointed to those like, why are these allowed to open, but not a vineyard who's basically doing the same thing. And he pointed that out about Disney. He was like, when it comes to theme parks, he's like, Disney's most obvious way to hit this is to point out how many things in California are similar and somehow open and allowed to operate, but Disney, which is technically just all those things at once, is not. And he uh, pointed out immediately, he's like, family fun centers are allowed to be open. Most of them are indoor. They have indoor go-karts, like little like attractions. Uh, Movie theaters are open. Restaurants are allowed to dine indoors. And he's like, literally Disney is just all those things contained in one facility. And he's like, so why are those allowed to reopen in the current phasing? But they're not, uh, you know, but a theme park that has all those things at once is not. And that's where I'm like, he's definitely got a point because it's like you're looking at it more of a fact of this is a huge theme park than being like, technically, it's a lot of different small businesses put together. That's, uh, that's actually absolutely right when you think about it. It's like they, they do the indoor and outdoor dining. So it's like, boom, right there, they're a dining facility. But 
the family fun center thing, you're like, so family fun centers can have these op- these indoor things open, and even in their phase where they're allowing smaller parks to open, they're not allowed to have their indoor rides open, which if that was to like, you know, push and Disney was like, oh, we should be able to open in this space. If they were trying to enforce that, that'd mean classic rides like Haunted Mansion, Pirates, uh, any of their indoor roller coasters are all just like immediately off the table. So that's just kind of crazy to think about right there. No, yeah. Um, and that that's kind of where, like, uh, basically what he was fighting on is he's like, the reason why Disney and, you know, Universal would be in this other, uh, you know, standard is because they're considered theme parts but he's like if you didn't call it that he's like you could literally call it any of these things and that's where i'm like he's definitely right and you know i know it's been uh, talked about a lot um because like no matter what we're in the middle of a pandemic uh you know over two hundred thousand people have lost their lives businesses are closing people are struggling people are out of work and uh, I know it sounds foolish that, you know, a lot of us are upset and we want Disney open for our own selfish reasons. But there's also the part where I'm just like, I do get where, like I said, I'm like, you also have to weigh that against itself, right? Where it's like, you also need all these people back to work and you need, you know, income coming in, uh, the economy starting to work again. That's where, and, you know, I always go back to the same thing. It's like Disney has proven in all, <laughs> literally everywhere else in the world, they can handle this and they can handle doing this responsibly. Like I said, I have, um, a couple weeks ago, I went to downtown Disney and we went to downtown Disney, stood in line to get in, got checked. Like I said, they were very big on even my three-year-old wearing his mask which I kind of hated, also appreciated, because I was like, all right, you know, they're they're trying to see this through. Then we made the mistake of going to Huntington Beach and going to Huntington Pier, where I was horrified because bars were open and all the stores were open. People were not wearing masks. People were inside the bars, shoulder to shoulder, crammed in there as tight as possible. Uh, and I was just watching, horrified. I'm like, this is okay? Like, I'm like... You're telling me Disneyland can't be open, but at the pier, it's suddenly a magical place where no coronavirus lives and everyone can be gathered in huge groupings, <laughs> no masks. Just like, I was just like, this is utter insanity over here. You're like, time to go. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I felt so unsafe. And it makes me think of, too, like, um, you know, our family went to Disney World and my dad, uh, who was a staunch <laughs> conservative for some weird reason right now he uh told us he said that the safest he felt in florida was at disney world he said even the airport he felt unsafe because he said like so many people did not wear masks so many people didn't care about you know social distancing and he said he just felt like it was so unsafe everywhere in florida except at disney i will say though on a note on that because i know it sounds like i'm kind of dumping on universal they did not go to Universal. We're not that big of Universal right, fans, right. so like he, he just skipped it. But uh, he was only there for like the weekend too. But him and uh, our sister went. But that was the thing is he was like, I felt so safe at Disney because he's like, they were honest about wearing masks. He's like, and it made me feel safe. And he's like, everywhere else, I felt like they didn't care and they were just like, yeah, whatever. No, yeah, seriously, uh, and not to like really pull it back to Nevada, but we're doing the same thing out here, like at the movie theater where I work, you know, we, we enforce the mask thing. I can't tell you how many people I've had to tell that they need to put on their mask. And 
it's shocking to see the age of the people that it is because it's not people in our age grade range. It's people in, in our dad's range and above that are so adamant about not wearing the mask. Like, dude, we're doing it for you guys. We, we want to stay open. You guys here help us. Yeah, I mean, today I, at work, uh, someone was watching Dr. Oz, which uh, I don't agree you should ever watch that guy because he's insane. But <laughs> I thought it was funny because he was kind of, he was trying to argue against um, the vaccines because he was like, you know, how safe could these vaccines really be? And he had this doctor on who, uh, I don't know who this guy was, but he was defending vaccines. And he was like, look, he's like, uh, oh, yeah, because a report came out that, like, the vaccines that they're currently working on for coronavirus, that a few of them have already had to uh, halt um, the testing because uh, the results were not good. And he's like, that's actually good news for you because he's like, it means you can trust the vaccine when it comes out because they are testing it very well. He's like, if they were just pushing it through, that would be scarier. And, um, you know, Dr. Oz has, like, uh, been... Uh, once again, I don't want to get on anyone, but Dr. Oz started out this year, uh, this pandemic saying coronavirus wasn't real, then saying that it wasn't going to hurt <laughs> you. And now he's trying to tell you, don't take the vaccine. I'm like, I don't know if we should trust you in any way, bro. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was interesting yeah, that he yeah, pointed quiet. that out. Yeah, uh, I thought it was interesting that he pointed out. He's like, actually, you know, in a vaccine trial, them pushing back on it is good news because it means that they're still trying to make sure it's good when it comes out, not just give you basically a placebo. And I'm like, yeah, that is good news. But, you know, ultimately, it all goes back to the same thing. Um, as I said from the beginning, I would love more than anything for Disney to open right now and for me to be able to go there and have my enjoyment. But also, I'm an adult and I'm willing to understand we're in the middle of a pandemic something we have not seen for years and we ultimately we have to deal with it and that's why it's like there are terms to that i do think that there are logical terms we can give to it but you know ultimately it all goes back to the same thing until they say it's okay we're gonna have to accept the result i just wanted to uh, bring up you know what we're going through right now the frustration or whatever and uh but you know i i do think this is all interesting right hunter Oh, 1,000% agree. Uh, in a weird way, I'm kind of happy that we finally at least have guidelines because we spent so many months sitting here like, so what are the guidelines? So what are the guidelines? Because even though Florida might not be the best example, because as we've been saying all day uh, on this whole episode, that guy's kind of a crazy person. But, you know, they were pretty, I feel like they were pretty quick to be like, okay, well, here's the guidelines for you guys. And then Disney adhered to it and probably made it better. And then Universal stepped up. Which, no matter how much we trash Universal, I will give them the biggest hat tip in the world for uh, being right there on Disney, where they're like, no, you know, we're going to be with Disney on this one. We need to make sure everything is clean, sanitized, and, you know, safe for everybody. That's where I also uh, forgot to bring up um, another thing that I find weird is that, so in both states, they had people from uh, those industries trying to help out. And that's why, like, I'm like, Governor DeSantis, I'm like, I can criticize him all day. But I'm like, the one thing is, like, he listened to them, and uh, the terms that they gave out to open were the terms that Disney and Universal gave him, where they were like, these would make sense. And he's like, okay. it's Right now is, like, where we truly see where DeSantis sits on it, where he doesn't care. Um, like I said, he tried to pull him back, and Disney and Universal were like, we're not changing our terms. They're like, there's still going to be 25%. And we're still going to require mask wearing and all that. Um, 
which uh, actually people have brought up to me that in uh, the county that uh, Disney's in, like there, there's actually not a mask requirement, but uh, that's the joke is that when you're at Disney, you will wear it uh, in Florida, um, <laughs> which is just silly. But uh, what was I going to say? Dang. Nah. Well, yeah, that was the point, though. It's like, you know, uh, they've been very adamant. They're like, we're going to keep these terms. We're going to try to make sure this is responsible because that's another thing I've told people. I'm like, you have to remember, uh, theme parks, their main thing that they're selling you on is safety. Uh, I mean, remember after 9-11, theme parks took a huge uh, downturn because people did not feel safe traveling and they had to re-inspire you to feel like you could be safe. I remember when I was a kid and 9-11 happened, hearing that uh, that there was rumors that Disneyland was one of their targets. And uh, of course, I've read that that was true. Uh, they're not sure if it was like a big target, but it was one of the ones that was in the research, which is like horrifying. But that's why they started doing the bag checks, because they were like, OK, well, we'll make sure that no one's going to come in here with anything that could be harmful. And, you know, I remember for years, people were like, how long is this really going to last? And we still do the bag checks now. And that's the joke is it's like, no, some of these things happen and they're going to stay like that. Obviously, the mask wearing and stuff, that stuff will go away eventually. But where it comes to is like how long will that take and that's where i'm like even when cities and stuff are like you don't have to wear them i'm like theme parks are probably going to make you wear them i've read like they said they're probably going to make you wear them for the next couple of years i mean again i know we've said a thousand times uh in the episodes that we put out during this pandemic i am 1000 percent okay with that because you know just like with everybody else who goes to these parks or goes to the movies or literally does anything going out it's kind of used as an escape like you know i don't i don't like waking up and this being what what we have to deal with sometimes i just want it even if it's just for a day or just a few hours just cutting away and getting to you know have fun i'll wear the mask if it means i can go around and have fun with my family also because we're batman fans so yeah that's why you wear the mask it's not for you it's to protect the ones you love (laughs) 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 little dark knight rises for you Oh, my God. No, but, uh, you know, and and, uh, actually, I got a lot of flack today because, oh, that's what I was going to say is one of the things you said is something that I said as soon as, like, the terms came out. I was like, they're not what I wanted, but I'm like, ultimately, I'm just happy to have some sort of terms now. And people were like, you're a joke. Blah, blah, blah. You know, all these people getting weirdly political about a a kid's theme park. But I'm like, no, you're right. It's like, what was more annoying was spending about six months not knowing anything. And uh, that was actually in that article that I read on Mike chat. That was one of his arguments is he's like, if they don't give any terms, he's like, that's perfect cannon fodder for you to use in court to be like, you're not even giving us terms. Why is it that every industry but theme parks were given terms? And of course, now they have them. But you can, like I said, you can still argue with the small business thing. But Uh, That was the thing is they're like, you know, there's a huge difference between giving terms so that people understand that and they can track that and being like, oh, it's a mystery. Maybe tomorrow. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's like tracking the uh, the big earthquake in San Francisco on the uh, San Andreas Fault. It could be tomorrow. Could be a thousand years from now. We're not too sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's what I wanted to basically get with uh, was to bring up uh, that we have terms now, you know, be it good or bad. 
those are what they are. Maybe there's a little bit of a fight, I think, that looks like it's looming. Like I said, all these statements from these park uh, theme park industry and from the president of Disneyland, it's assumable that they're looking at trying to push harder on lightening them. But at the least, we have some sort of terms, and uh, we can at least look forward to that. So I can thank them at least for that. But, uh, you know, other than that, we want to thank you guys for listening. I know there was a little bit of time. Uh, we've been doing a lot of random stuff, um, you know, be at work or just lazily uh, doing school uh, distance learning with our kids. But, uh, you know, we want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're going to try to get more shows out. Uh, honestly, I'm trying to, like, write stuff because I'm just like, oh, you know, we don't need to talk current events since there aren't that many current events to deal with. Um, but, you know, I do want to thank you guys. Uh, actually, uh, on a side note, they, if you're really interested in seeing kind of like backstage stuff, a show that's going on right now that I really love is, uh, well, what is it called? The, the Magic of the Animal Kingdom on Disney Plus. Spectacular show. It's basically just all the background stuff that these like, uh, you know, animal keepers do at Animal Kingdom. Love this show. Uh, I think it's so awesome how they do it. Uh, also, on top of that, um, I feel like a lot of people don't care, but I actually watch it every week, is the One Day at Disney shorts. I think those are amazing, too, because you get to see just a on-the-line cast member talking about their job and how much they love doing what they do. And I think it's such an interesting aspect to see on, side, uh, on there. I mean, that's that's awesome. That's something else I'll have to check out on uh actually finishing up the book that me and you talked about for so many like months that I finally got on Audible which is Disney War which and that book just gets crazy and crazier I know you you get to hear like firsthand what it was like for Bob Iger and all that and honestly uh like Hunter said uh that's another thing if you're gonna if you're interested in stuff like that like you know we are or I am I would definitely say Disney War is a great start uh, you've also got um, Michael Eisner's book. Um, what is it called? It's like, shoot, I'm trying to think what it's called. I know I have it on my on my phone, which is weird. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's called. I just bought it the other day too. Oh, work in progress. Uh, so that's about him running Disney and uh, also reading Bob Iger's The Ride of a Lifetime. It's a lighthearted take on his run at, at Disney, but after you read Disney War, like uh, basically, like a lot of that stuff gets like confirmed in, <laughs> when you read these because uh, they say things nice. that you're just like that's like almost directly from Disney War, and it's funny too because like Michael Eisner kind of criticized Disney War, saying it was all like fake news basically, but then you're like reading <laughs> his book and Bob Iger's, and you're like, it sounds like these are for real because you're basically saying these things. Also, um, I know I said it um, on an earlier podcast, but when it comes to uh, Ride of a Lifetime with Bob Iger, uh, one thing I loved in that book is the prologue starts with him dealing with the Pulse uh, nightclub shooting and the um, child uh, being attacked by the alligator at Disney World because I, I had forgotten that those happened like the same day almost. And, uh, and at the same time, he was going and opening Shanghai Disneyland. And I was just like, man, I'm like, and he's talking about how he's dealing with literally these things. And I'm just like, that's absurd. Uh, especially like him having to talk to the family. It's like, it's kind of a, a somber and like really depressing way to start that book. But what was interesting is that 
that is like as deep as the book gets because it's like that part made me like I teared up for a second, like listening to the quotes from the parents talking to him. And then like the rest of the book is like a way more lighthearted take on everything that he did. And you're like, oh, okay, whatever. (laughs) He's like, he's like, start with the sad, get into the good, they'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, uh, as we've said, uh, he's a uh, he's a listener. But at the same time. Uh, he's also like plain vanilla. So, <laughs> so like, uh, you know, uh, and also if you read the book, he is definitely that guy. <laughs> he's like glass of water and uh, some plain buttered bread. That's a, that's a delicious meal right there. Yeah, basically. But, uh, you know, basically, I uh, just want to thank you guys for listening. Um, definitely we'll see you guys soon and hopefully with George on board with us. But uh, we'll, uh, you can follow me on social media or, well, basically all of us, uh, 3GATM Podcast. Uh, if you go on there, say anything. I know Nathan loves to chat with us. But basically, it's going to be me. Uh, unless it says differently, it's going to be me responding to you. Uh, you can hit us up on there. You can follow Hunter at one of his thousand different uh, tags. Yes, uh, all my different burner accounts. Now, uh, seriously, just... I would message the uh, the podcast one, but if I ever got into it, you could follow me on Twitter, uh, Hunter3GATM. Yeah, and uh, so uh, we'll see you guys later, and uh, see you. See you later. Ciao.